Wow, and I got to follow that? <laughs> All right, let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, I ask you to hide me behind the cross, Lord. This is your message, not mine. Lord, I ask that uh, today be a special message for for all of us, Lord. I know it's special to me. You've been working on me a whole week, Lord. And today I just want to share that with everybody. Lord, your word is such a light to us. Without it, Lord, we're lost. We thank you again, Lord, for the message. And as you're with us, in your name we pray. Amen. All right. So if this was the only light in the room, in the dark room, what would we do with it? We're going to hide it and see nothing? No. Got to put up a lampstand so you can see all around. Can you imagine if all of us had a bright light like that? Let me read his word. After all, his word is what's important. I'm going to start with the Gospel of Matthew. 5, 14 through 16, and it reads, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I remind all of us who are saved, as Ephesians 5.8 reminds us, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. I love how the Lord uses analogies and symbols. And, you know, in his day, they didn't have lights like these. They didn't have Christmas lights the way we have. Most lamps are oil lamps. Sometimes you only have one for the whole house. So I love his analogies. And I love how he reminds us that it is a very dark world. And it's never been darker, has it, than it is now. In this very dark world, we are the light and the salt. So what does that mean? Let's look at some properties of light. And some properties of salt. But first, I ask you a question. What does your light look like? Is it bright? Was it bright? A lot of us have a very bright light when we first come to Christ, and then something dims it. Is there a bucket over your light? What's dimming your light? You know, light warms, doesn't it? It brightens and uncovers darkness. You know, a light, you put up a light not to brighten itself. It doesn't need to be brighter. It, it brightens others and everything around it. It exposes the darkness. Sometimes I feel we are just eliminating ourselves, aren't we? 
What about the world? You know, everybody here needs the Lord. Everybody here, Lord willing, knows the Lord. We are the light. What are you doing with that light? Can you be seen from far away? A light, the Lord says, can be seen from far away. Can they see you from far away? At work, at home, at school? Do they know you're Christian? He doesn't want us to hide our light. He doesn't want us to hide our Christianity. Can you imagine a world where we would have to hide our Christianity? It exists right now in other countries. You know, I'll remind you, in schools, you can pretty much read any book. I mean, they got some books that, you know, we would consider pornographic in public schools. But you can't read this. You cannot read this at school and in many, many, many countries. Can you believe what's happening nowadays? Whether, I mean, I never thought in my lifetime, we read about it, we, we heard about it. You know, the Nazis and the Jews having to hide. I mean, in our lifetime, to see the Jews being, I say, they're being persecuted the way we will someday. But I'm not surprised. You look at the world, everything's happening. It's a godless world, it's a dark world. It's only getting better. When? Upon his return. See, that's a great thing, is we know what the last chapter says. If you go to the end of it, we know it's a good ending. But man, is it ugly right now, isn't it? Here's the good news for all of us in here. Someday, real soon, real soon, sooner than we think, Twinkling and I, we're going to be gone. We wouldn't even be here. Until then, what does the Lord say for us to do? To be the salt and the light. What's your light look like? Light also attracts others, does it not? Our light should attract Christ. Do you attract Christ? Do you attract others to Christ? Are you a blessing to Christ and to others? Does Christ want to brighten others through you? I read Matthew 5, 14 through 16 first. Let me go back a verse. It's a scary verse. Because look, here's the thing. If we came here every Sunday and gave the best messages, and all we did is preach to each other, what are we doing? We're salting the salt. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Is that crazy? You know what the Lord's saying? The Lord's saying if your light is not bright, you're not good for him. You're good for nothing. Not even to be thrown out, but to be trampled. 
you know, back in the day of Christ, not only did they not have electricity like this, but they didn't have refrigerators either. They'd go fishing. There were no coolers. There were no freezers. Instead, they had salt. Why? Because salt prevents decay. We are in the middle of a very decayed world, and it's getting worse. What's your salt taste like? Are you salty for the Lord? Or are you flavorless? Is the Lord going to use us? Or is he going to throw us out? Let me ask you a tough question. If we're the salt, then the Bible says to, to be separate, right? To be holy from the world. So how, how do we separate without isolation? Well, yeah, every Bible study, every service, every prayer, everything prepares us for what? To give each other a pat in the back? To just keep it all within these four walls? No. The Lord wants to solve the unsaved. I'm going to share with you a couple of quotes that I like. You've probably heard these before. A couple of these from Adrian Rogers. He says, salt the earth, not, the, not salt the church. That's what it means. Salt the earth. Many have decided to circle the wagons and keep the good guys in and the bad guys out. You can call this Christian cocooning. Is that what we're doing? Are we keeping all the bad guys out? I used to be a bad guy. I used to be a terrible guy. I still am if it wasn't for Christ. Instead of salt and light, we have been content to withdraw into our separate ecclesiastical ghettos preoccupied with our own internal affairs and unconcerned about the deepest needs of those around us. Who said that? Billy Graham, way back then. It is not more relevant today than ever before. John Wesley said, Christianity is a social, not a solitaire. To keep it solitaire is to destroy it. Didn't the world try to do that before, during COVID? No churches. You can go to a liquor store, but no churches. The devil was trying to isolate us, wasn't he? Bad enough, we're isolated in churches. He wanted to keep us in our homes, away from each other, away from fellowship. He continues, we are not Christians to get together weekly with the same Christians to have our holy huddle every week. Then go out and ignore the world that desperately needs us, desperately needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. Prevents decay. Did you ever put salt on an avocado? You know, avocado, you cut it in half, it oxidizes within, I mean, right in front of your eyes, within minutes, it's brown or orange. Add a little salt, what happens? If you haven't tried it, a great hack. I'm an avocado guy, I got a lot of good avocado hacks. 
How about on a wound? You hear the term salt to a wound. Why? Because it hurts. Salt can be irritating. It could hurt. When you're not saved, the word hurts, doesn't it? But it also heals. Anybody else do sinus rinses here besides me? Daily sinus rinse. I tell you, the Lord's put that on my mind for a long time because I have a lot of allergies. And I tell you, I, you guys know me, I don't get sick. The Lord protects me. Joshua was sick last week. He still say, pray for my little boy. He needs help. Having a hard time with school and health. I at least finally came down with it. Amber thinks got the cough. They're all home. I've been walking between raindrops. Not getting sick. Salt. Sinus rinses, I'm telling you. <laughs> this message is sponsored by Costco. <laughs> what does the salt do? It promotes thirst, doesn't it? You know, there's a reason why when I was a teenager working at McDonald's, they'd say, add a lot of salt. People buy soda that way. Popcorn, a lot of salt. You can't eat popcorn or French fries without soda. Are you making others thirst for Christ? Are you thirsting for Christ? Are you thirsting for Christ the way you did when you first got saved? No, I like visuals, right? Don't worry. I know what you're thinking, Dad. It's not going to go on the floor. <laughs> He's ready to give me the hook. What's it doing? It's permeating every piece of this water. Now, this vase might be a little dirty, so I apologize. But what's it going to do? It permeates. When you add a drop or a lot, you cannot have a taste anywhere here. Let's make sure. Yes, hold it. It's permeated. You know what else is doing? You can't see it. It's unseen. You know, sometimes we're more occupied with being seen and taking credit than just being sold. What does your salt look like? Can it be seen? Or is it humbly unseen? God called us to influence the world. I don't know about you, but sometimes the world influences me. And i got to catch myself. I mean, I remind my kids. Everything you see, from commercials, from movies, television, everything, is a distraction from Christ, unless it's talking about Christ. The world shapes every one of us, whether we know it or not. COVID changed all of us. I mean, as soon as the government said, don't go to church, what do we do? We hide. 
Yeah, some of us went online. Some of us found ways to stay in the word. But it's not the same. Look how many of us suffered through COVID. Look how many people we lost at church through COVID. I mean, if I was a devil, that's a great plan. Divide, separate, conquer. It's going to be back to church, isn't it? Amen. You know, maybe next time the government tries to break us up, are we going to listen? I don't. I don't want to listen to them. Daniel didn't listen when he got thrown into the lion's den. What, what does your soul look like? What are you willing to do? What sacrifice are you willing to make? You know, a lot of times when you think of sacrifices, what's the first thing you think, you think about? Nah, I'll tithe. Nah, I'll offer more money. Nah, I'll throw money this way. You know, it's really easy for all of us. Just throw money, feel good about it. But is that your most valuable asset? I say not. What is? Your time, your heart. Next time you see a problem, don't be so quick to throw money at it. Does it require more of your time? You know, I'm always in a hurry. I, I gotta be the first one to say that. I'm always in a hurry. There's always so much to do. You know, Rick and I were talking about this earlier when there's a message and we're trying to work on a message, man, the devil attacks. Man, he's been attacking this week. But maybe taking that extra minute to talk to somebody, to look at them in the eye, to find out how they're really doing. Are you willing to risk not your money, but your time? Or how about this one? Your job? your career, your future. You know, in college campuses right now, not only is there a lot of anti-Semitism going on, but they point out all the Jews. Why? Why? To persecute them. What if they start pointing you out? Would you take away a cross? Would you take away anything that signifies you're a Christian? What do you want to sacrifice? Your job, your family, anything? Or are we doing things for our own credit? Look, am I read another passage? Because after all, the power is in the word. When I speak, just listen to the word. I might add a couple comments, but the word is what matters. Now, I've got to be honest with you, I was kind of hesitant about this, this verse. It's not what I would call a great recruitment verse. Maybe not one you'd use for an altar call. But it reminds us that the Lord often wants to vet us. He wants to filter out. He wants to make sure that whoever's around wants to be seen as the light of the world, wants to be salty for his name. That's why I take 10,000 men and go down to 300. Are you one of those 300? Luke 14, 25. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, and by the way, whenever there's large crowds, kind of have to question it, right? 
You notice how the Lord would always take a large crowd and scrub it, dissect it, vet it, until he was down to a smaller crowd that was more efficient for him. So he says, if anybody comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Now, who wants to join? Man, that's, that's a tough one. But you know what, like Rick and I were talking about earlier today? It's like war, isn't it? The Bible tells us we're at a war. We are at a war. But the devil wants to make sure that we think that everything's peachy king. Keep playing your games, watch your shows, have your Christian huddles, go to work. After all, we know that our salvation is secure, right? We know that we know where we're going. Why doesn't he just come now then? Why waste all this time? Because there's many who don't know Christ yet. And he wants you, right? Somebody else, you, to be the light and the salt for his name. It's like war. I know we have veterans here. You know, when a vet goes to war, he knows he might not come back. He's risking his life, his family, his children, his job. You see that kind of commitment right now, don't you, with the IDF? You know, there's accountants and students and lawyers and doctors here in the United States who are packing up and going, going to join the IDF, the Israeli Defense uh, fight Forces. Would you do that? If somebody said, hey, they're going after Christians, we need you to go to war. Are you going to suit up? You got to suit up every day because there is war every day. You just don't see it. Matthew 5.14 reads, You are the light of the world. So let your light shine. You know, I said earlier, we're all going to be here for a while, and then the rapture. The rapture takes all the Christians away. You think it's dark now. Could you imagine how dark it's going to be when there's no light, there's no salt to the earth? It's going to be crazy. It's going to be scary. If you don't know Christ, you don't want to be here. But there's still time. There's still time. You know, we're in a post-pandemic war is what it is. We've always been in a war, but look at it now. We are needed more than ever. You've probably heard these statistics. I'm just going to share them with you. Experts say that loneliness increases your chances of heart disease by like 35%. Depression by like 30 or 40. Dementia. Is that insane? Dementia. 
There's somebody that needs you. There's somebody lonely that you know. Are you hurting? Is somebody hurting? What if you're hurting? What's going to heal you? Well, statistics say, experts say, not even the Bible, this is just the world acknowledging what the Bible tells us. When you encourage others, it makes you healthier. You heal yourself. That's why my brother Jeff's always encouraging me, even if I have a bad golf shot. He's the great encourager. Giving. Is that nuts? Giving. You would think if you're hurt, you're sick, you're unhealthy, people want to shower your flowers and gifts. Uh-uh. Next time you don't feel good, give. When you can, give. Give to your comfortable. Give to your uncomfortable. Give. I'm not just talking about money. Giving money is easy. Give your time. Give your attention. Give your heart. Give your ear. We were made for a time as this. All these young kids now have TikTok challenges, right? I've never been on TikTok. I, I don't want to. I've got enough vices and habits. But you've all had TikTok challenges, right? I'm going to challenge you to challenge. And that is this. I did it the other day. I don't want to ask you guys to do it without me doing it. You know, I, I'm generally a friendly guy, but even for me, it's tough. Try this. Take a day. Take half a day. Take just a trip to the store one day. Go to Safeway one day and make sure that you make eye contact and smile. Smile to everybody. People might think you're crazy. But it's weird how it makes you feel. I was a Safeway. And, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, when I was younger, the, the Salvation Army guy, he was over there with his bell, with his hat, with a big smile. Now, I don't even see him smile anymore. Wish him Merry Christmas. Might have been the only guy who wished him Merry Christmas. But give it a shot. Instead of the opposite. What's the opposite? I've done this. Don't tell me you haven't done this. We've all done this, right? I get home and tell my wife, you know what? I was at the store in a hurry, because I'm always in a hurry. And I think I might have seen someone. Fill in the blank. Maybe somebody who went to church here before. Would you say hi to him? Uh, no. I don't know if he saw me. Are you doing that too? When somebody you might remember, maybe they used to come, maybe no, no. Maybe go down the other aisle. No, we should be smiling. Hey, how you been? It's been a while. Takes effort, doesn't it? Especially after a long day, maybe you talk to a lot of people, maybe last thing you want to do is spark another conversation. But maybe that conversation sparks something in them. Maybe the Lord wants you to spark something in them. Mother Teresa said, we shall never know all the good that a simple smile can do. You won't. You won't know if somebody that you smiled to maybe was having a horrible day. 
With so much depression going on, I guarantee you, if you smile and say Merry Christmas to a couple hours worth of people, somebody was probably going through a very tough time. Your smile can do great things. Not just for them, but for you. Next time you're really grumpy and tired, try it. It brightens you up too. You forget your problems, don't you? When you're helping others. All right, I know my time is almost up. I don't want to get the hook. But let me share another verse with you. Because after all, I don't want you to think that being salty or being the light of the world means salvation. You know, if you don't know Christ, you could be the friendliest, nicest philanthropist in the whole world. Doesn't get you to heaven. But once you're saved, your light and your saltiness is different than anybody else. Let me finish with this. John 8, 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And we know from John 3.16 that we'll have eternal life. Not eternity. Everybody's going to have eternity. Do you know that? Everybody's going to have eternity. Even the unsaved will have eternity. But not eternal life. They'll have eternal death. So if you're a Christian today, I ask you, how bright is your light? How salty are you? If there's anything getting in the way, maybe a a bucket, a basket, or someone else, something, some hobby, something, get it out of the way. Be brighter. But I ask you and I beg you, if you don't yet know Christ, none of that matters. It's all moot. Got to come to Christ first. Let's close. <sighs> Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this short message, Lord. Just as a reminder that with you, Lord, so bright, so much better. But we shouldn't keep it to ourselves, Lord. You want us to share it with the world. You want us to help you, Lord, bring others to you, to be the light and the salt of the world. And Lord, if anybody here is not sure about you, Maybe they're not sure of their salvation. Maybe they never heard the word before, Lord. Let today be the day that your heart wants that light. In your name we pray. Amen.